Lutini. All right. What was that? I said I went to Super One the other day and saw they had Evan Williams eggnog out, so I bought a bottle of it. I think I have a bottle of that in my fridge from last year because I bought two bottles of it. I bought two, right? Because when I used to work at Rouse's, I worked in the dairy department. They always put them them bottles um, in the dairy department and because it was eggnog, right? It wasn't in the like cooler or nothing. And people bought it, and people always said it was so good. And so I bought two bottles because it was supposed to be so good. We are having some people over or something, and uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't do it, man. Couldn't do it. And those bottles sat in my fridge. If they're still there, they might they're have been thrown out. Not probably bad. Yeah, yeah, probably like, out of out of date or whatever. Because it has uh, like real eggs and milk in it and stuff. So. Right. I feel you know I feel like a failure because I wasted all that alcohol. But we just alcohol, couldn't do it. Geez. We tried multiple times, man. We tried multiple <laughs> times. I tried multiple times. I was like, at one point, like like we probably drank about half the bottle because at one point I was like, no, I spent money on this. I just need to grit my teeth and drink it. And then I started trying to give it away. <laughs> and I couldn't give it away because not because it was bad, but it was just too strong, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, like it kicked you in the teeth a little too hard. And we're not really drinkers. We don't really, you know, I'll drink beer or I'll drink. I, I really like I have some um, crown. I have some crown Texas mesquite. Ooh. Oh, and some Coke Zero. Mm. And I have some. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> and I ha- and I have some some whiskey rocks that are in the shape of bullets. Oh, that's pretty sick. I know, right? They were a Christmas present last year. I just the stainless steel, man. It's it's hard to clean, and you and it has this. I don't know. It's the taste, like a weird taste, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's and it's like it's not so bad that it's not worth it but it's kind of not worth it (laughs) (laughs) but anyways so we are two drunken jawas this is this is the show we're we've been recording this whole time (laughs) my name is mike and this is sean and we're sean (laughs) <laughs> we're two we're two drunken Jawas. We're we're actually um I'm a Star Wars fan. I believe that we live in this this beautiful time where you no matter where you look, which direction you look, you'll see pop culture, you'll see, you know, Star Wars, the comic book references, even the bad ones. I I will buy a ticket to a bad pop culture movie like uh dragon ball evolution you know um the last airbender because (laughs) even though even though they were not what our hearts were set out for them to be they were a thing that was made and it's and it's still it's there you know what i'm saying yeah i guess you never catch me at like a an avatar movie but uh, yeah, I'm all no, about Star Wars. <laughs> let me okay, so so let me let me ask you this: If they made a new Avatar movie, right? 
I would buy a ticket to go see it. Nah, that's that's just one cartoon I never watched growing up. I didn't have a whole lot of TV growing up, so that's uh. Oh, true. Me either. Uh, I I got all my TV watching in as an adult. Yeah, my my wife tried getting me to watch it, but I'm just like, man, I just can't get over it. Like after watching like hardcore Japanese anime, it's just different whenever you watch. You know what? You you never struck me as the hardcore Japanese anime type. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I watch like Naruto, Attack on Titan. I I watch all the Dragon Balls and Japanese. Just because I all think right, fair it's, enough. it's hilarious. It's a lot more like the language is a lot better. Like, I don't know, for, for lack of better words, <laughs> Bulma's a lot sluttier in the Japanese version. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But uh, so we're here to watch and um, be two drunken Jawas on, you know, while being recorded. Uh, the Mandalorian, Disney Plus is this, you know, godsend of Star Wars material. And they're they're even producing their own show. Uh, As of right now, there are two episodes out. We're running behind here because of technical difficulties. But um, we're going to watch episode one of The Mandalorian. And, of course, we're going to have the volume down because copyright, you know, laws and and all that. But uh, if you are listening to this and you want to put on the show and turn the volume down and listen to us, uh, flapper gums about it. This is the place for you. So I'm gonna get it queued up. I imagine uh, Sean already has it queued up. I do have it queued up with three seconds on the clock. Also, to add a little side note, I, you know, uh, Mike's Mike here. He says he's a fan, and it, it, you know, he's a he's a good fan. He he knows, you know, uh, probably a little more than the average person about Star Wars. I consider myself. A fanatic so a little bit about me i've seen almost every bit of visual stuff like uh all of course all the movies i've seen almost all the cartoons i'm actually still watching rebels just because i didn't want to pay like uh youtube or something before just to watch rebels but now that i have a disney plus account i'm gonna watch everything there is on there that i haven't seen which is gonna be rebels and i think some of resistance other than that so you know visually art visual art stuff i've seen but i'm also on this magical journey and some of you may have already gone on this journey or starting it or in the middle of it like myself but uh, i'm reading all the books in the legends in chronological order and i love every single one of them and have it Game into one where I'm like, I don't even know why I'm reading this. They're all great. All the authors are great. All the books are great. All the different points of views are great. It's just, it's, it's great. Uh, and one other thing, kind of last, uh, you know, you hear about people naming their children after Star Wars characters like Anakin, or, uh, you know, Leia, stuff like that. Well, I, I went a little farther, and in the books, you all know that Luke Skywalker had a wife, you know, Mary Jade, and I ended up naming my firstborn daughter. Mary Jade Hancock. So it's that that's uh, a little bit about me and my fanaticness. You know, sir, I'm a Star Wars fan. 
I, I consider you a Star Wars expert. Now, you talked about naming your child after Star Wars, and that's dope. <laughs> I named my daughter after a cartoon character turned comic book character, Harley Quinn. Yeah, oh yeah. So that's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm I'm kind of a Batman fanatic, mm. but boy, do I love me some Star Wars. Oh well, you know we're gonna definitely talk about some now, and I'll I'll try my best not to go off on any tangents when I see stuff, and maybe I'll try to shoot a little background info in there, stuff like that. Yeah, man. Little do any of y'all know, we've actually recorded this episode once, and like you said, we've had technical difficulties. So, it it <laughs> we, we have to do it all over again, which is still fun. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Well, you know that's what happens whenever you're a drunken Jawa. Things just, <laughs> you know, things turn into bantha fodder. What can I say? <laughs> Could have said it better myself. All right, so. Boo-boo. Some poodoo. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and press play on the count of three. I'm at three seconds as well, um, just before the Lucasfilm shield comes up. So uh, one, two. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to click play when I say the word three. Not one, two, three, go. Just one, two, three. Okay, okay. I'm ready. All right. All right. One, two, three. So Lucasfilm, I read an article that uh, Lucasfilm, the whoever the chick is that runs Lucasfilm, goes to beautiful Dave. Intro. I'm sorry, oh, beautiful right. intro. <laughs> yeah, that beautiful intro. Yeah, man, they they they've gone the way of Marvel, man, with the yep. intro. That's legit. But anyway, Dave Filoni, he's the man. He did Rebels. He did. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars TV show, and now they're basically going to him for everything, which is kind of cool and great because everything he makes is gold. Yeah, and also he, he's obviously well-knowledged, so it's not like they just threw some Dean bad and then it was like, hey, can you make something Star Wars? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I watched it back in the you know 80s or 90s when I was 10 or what, what you know whatever time he saw it and said this is actually somebody who obviously cares if he's been stuck with the, the franchise this long. Wait a minute. So this guy, this blue dude right here. Um, yeah, Smith, yeah. He, Mithril, I think, or what he is or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it says his musk, his musk will be sweet. I guess. Like, uh, these guys are bland. savages. <laughs> these guys, this is the money. wild, this is the wild, wild west of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, nobody else is stopping them. They're just, you know, that whole it's I wouldn't call it a cantina, but I guess it's like an outpost type cantina. It's not a traditional cantina, but I mean nobody was stopping them. They're just watching everybody about to get this dude's glands out. Yeah, man. It's like the evening show. Was asking if it's real Beskar. Tell everybody what Beskar is. A little bit of history about Beskar. So it's mined on Mandalore by Mandalorians, and 
Smith by Mandalorians. And it's a, it is a force resistant like type metal and that they use well they figured out the oh. use for it whenever they oh. <laughs> well, uh, cut in half. <laughs> I felt the force of that. Oh well, back like, the Mandalorians and Jedi's have a history and the Mandalorians found out that this metal and the way that they smithed it is force resistant. So it it, it kind of gave them one up whenever they they win and if they had to fight the Jedi they had it and uh did they, did they ever have to fight the jedi like that uh yeah they they uh they definitely butted heads it wasn't like uh but I, I imagine i imagine it helps against any force user right oh yeah it's not just a jedi it's anybody who wields the force and you and that's in of course after order 66 uh, in one of the books I read. Oh man, I love that title sequence. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Oh no, I hear you. the way you know that's the background music and the Mandalorian boom. Yeah, you feel it. You really feel it. It's just like, and it's almost like Wild West music. It is. It's a space western. Exactly. Like that, yeah. That's it's, it's, that's no. what it, that's what it's portraying so far. Anyway. Yeah, I love just. I feel like that's what Star Wars was meant to be this universe you know post i imagine you know this is post empire where just there's no order there's nothing you know uh, oh, yeah, little little mobster city states popping up here and there yeah and and i like i said i'm, I'm reading the canon books i haven't actually gotten to post empire yet so this is all quote unquote new territory for me also but <laughs> but the, giving you like it's the information about the the best scar that uh after war 66 occurred the emperor actually sent a lot of his forces to mandalore to mine that on, on like he cut a deal with the mandalore so that's there's a lot of like i said i'm gonna try my best not to go on tangents and you guys out there listening to this if you guys want to hear stuff like that or you want to hear more stuff like that, let us know you know because that's the kind of stuff that really really gets me going so it really it really uh turns up the heat for you huh because <laughs> it's a cold planet <laughs> now what yeah what planet do you think they're on i mean everybody's mind originally oh they've got to be on hoth because hoth's a cold planet yeah i mean there's really no indication of what planet he you know he's on right now it's i mean if he's only get i mean he, you can see he's, he's leaving only there yeah, he's yeah. only there to pick up the dude. So we could just say he's on Hoth, right? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's Hoth, but it, it's a possibility, I suppose. More like cold, right? Yeah, yeah cold, <laughs> cold as hell. <laughs> Those guys obviously warning him about something. He's like, "Hey, you guys should stay off the ice." And yeah, let's not let's not hang out on the ice, guys. Oh. <laughs> Well, oh. he did say yep. best not to be on the ice. <laughs> I wonder. I want to know what this guy did to get a bounty put on. He, I don't. He's either really rich and he paid somebody to do something because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do anything. Look at him, he's screaming like a girl. Ah! I imagine he walrus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag walrus. Yes. 
I swear to God, if that's not a Kevin Smith reference, I don't know what is. <laughs> Walrus face. I wonder if he's got like a nice, nice little like furry upper lip, you know? <laughs> right, man. So, do you know? You know that? Do you you know that reference? Walrus, yes, right? Not that. No, not okay, Walrus, so, yes. So, short story: Kevin Smith did a podcast where he talked about something called the Walrus and the Carpenter. Is the name of the podcast. <laughs> he decided to turn that story into a movie in which a guy turns another guy into a walrus. Legitimately, check it out. It's that's all I'm going to say. That sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> it's called Tusk. It's a horror flick. It's amazing. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am dead. <laughs> this I'm going to bleep that out. Man, I I'm so serious. I drove to Baton Rouge just to see that movie when it came out because it only it only hit like a thousand theaters. Dude, I imagine <laughs> oh I, I will find it and I'll, dude, I will get you that movie. It is so great. I don't even know if I would watch it to tell you it doesn't sound great at all. No, it is. Trust me. As a matter of fact, we're gonna just we're gonna record a commentary for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two drunk Jawas do tusk. That's what's gonna happen. Oh man. <sighs> Sorry, I went on a tangent there about walruses. That's fine. Yes, he's he's a mithral. That's what he is. Exactly what he is. Yeah, he's mithral. Mandalorian is not talking a whole lot. Yeah, okay. That coming right there. <laughs> you never see off your head. Like, okay, get real. Like, he's got to eat. He's got to drink. But at this point mandalorians are not only are they they at this point they they're quite revered but it feels like they're um maybe kind of scattered you know absolutely like not really ma- very many of them around and when one shows up with a you know with a bounty puck of you just what else are you going to do absolutely yeah and they really went leaderless there for a while and uh, I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know, but Django, obviously Boba's father, Django Fed was Mandalore before he went to Camino and start and started training the clones with him and his uh, other Mandalorian buddies at Calscrata and those so other guys. So Mandalore, the Mandalore is the chosen leader of the Mandalorians. Right. Yes. Exactly. So like. At one point, even Darth Maul was Mandalore. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Clone Wars. No. Is it the Clone Wars or Rebels? One of them. I think it's the Clone Wars. I watched all the Clone Wars. I don't recall. Oh, man. I'm going to find it. We'll watch it. That's just new. I'm going to bleep that mm-hmm. out. This is going to be hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had the Sword of Mandalore. And everything. Oh. He had that dark the, the dark uh That's not an actual that's not like a sign of leadership in Mandalorian culture. That's Death Watch that has that black sword that uh like you saw in the Rebels. Not Rebels, the Clone Wars. I know exactly what sword you're talking about. It's all well, it's it's almost like a lightsaber, but it's like a black blade. I think it's the cool dark, how you f- the dark saber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's weird how this guy freezes all of his targets in carbonite. I know that 
you know, obviously in, in episode five, Empire Strikes Back, that whenever they were going to freeze Han Solo, they were worried about him dying. Well, they were going to freeze Luke Skywalker, but they were like, well, how do I know if he's going to live? And they're like, well, we'll just do Han Solo. And that's what they did. I guess now they've kind of bumped up technology a bit. And they're like, yeah, well, just, you know, nobody dies when you freeze him in carbonite. Right. Well, either that or it doesn't really matter at this point. He's a bounty hunter, dead True. or alive. I mean, not know. every not every bounty is dead or alive. Some are dead, some are alive, and some are either. <laughs> Did you catch them all? Hmm. Very well. <laughs> yeah. After uh, he formed the Shadow Collective of the Huts, the Black Sun, and the Night Brothers. He waged war on Darth Sidious and his generals with an army of Mandalorians. But he didn't become Mandalore. You have to be a Mandalorian to be Mandalore. And you have to have the helmet of Mandalore. At least back in the day, during the time of like, Rev- like a Nacho Republic, when I read those books, with like Revan in them, they didn't have a Mandalore because they didn't know where the helmet of Mandalore was at. And, uh, Darth okay. Revan actually hid the helmet, and it's in that book. If anybody's interested in reading that, called Revan, and it was that's an excellent book, especially if you like Kotor. I love. I've played both Kotor more times than I can remember. <laughs> I'll take them all. Old boy's hungry. <laughs> Hunger for credits or whatever the heck, whatever the heck they're dealing with. And if you just gave them that calamari BS, the Imperial credits aren't worth jack right now. No, they like listening in. Yeah, the Transdotions were like, hmm, what would y'all be talking about? I don't think, I don't think they were listening. I just think they, Pan the camera over the transoceans. Yeah, well, like, what's the point of that? Like, is that foreshadowing? I don't know. You think we're gonna see something with them later on? Transoceans are usually a holes. They're always so buck. They're scaly. I mean, they're lizards. They're like lizard people. They talk with a bad lisp on their s's, like a snake would. It's why would. What, what make, buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I have a confession. Um, oh, no. When I was a kid, now when I was a kid, we had Star Wars. It was on VHS. That's how old I am. That's I watched it on recorded VHS, bootleg stuff yeah, that my dad got from some of his buddies. That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. We, we didn't have subtitles. So I always believed that the Jawas were saying Utini. No, 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 no. Utigi. Oh, instead Utigi. of Utigi. Like, instead of instead of Utini. And one time I said that, and my cousins were like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I felt so played. I felt so played because by then it was like the time of DVDs, and you could put on subtitles. And I was like, "What in the world?" How did I not hear it, you know? 
Yeah, and having kids now, thank God for subtitles. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, stormtroopers. Beat up looking stormtroopers. Oh, they're not shinies, that's for sure. Like, look at that. Look at that stormtrooper's ass. Mm hmm. Boy's wearing that imperial seal around his neck. Wonder who he is or was. He's probably nobody now, at least in the open. Yeah, heard that. <laughs> uh uh. I'm not playing, bro. Man, I really want to figure out what kind of rifle he's got. Oh, that rifle. Yeah. It's like a cattle prong at the end or something. Right? That beautiful T-Visor helmet. <sighs> Another little background info about um, Bes Beskar. The different colors have different meanings for for at least for full Beskargum that they wore, you know, pre-Empire and therefore now he's got like uh, some thrown together thrown together armor and whatnot. So this right here, him getting this pure Beskar right here is meaning a lot to this guy. Now, does that? pure Beskar mean anything to anyone that's not a Mandalorian at this point? Not unless they're fighting Force users. I don't I don't think it's it's not definitely not anybody else's culture. I mean, that's like that is That's like his like religion. A, exactly. Like I told you it, it was mined and and Smith on Mandalore by Mandalorians and it, like after Order 66 and you know uh, Palpatine sent all those forces to Mandalore to mine that stuff. The Mandalorians still refused to tell him anything about smithing it. Like they, it would that was they would rather die than tell him how to smith it. I don't know what kind of deal they worked out to mine it, but they refused to let them, like a uh, you know, work on it metallurgically or whatever the heck you would say. So he had to actually let the Mandalorians, uh, smith it for him. Because they refused to do that. That was like that's a sacred art in their in their culture. So that's that's kind of why I'm I'm wondering the value in having that. Like I understand the empire having value in that whenever the empire was the thing, but if we're in the universe right now in the time where the empire is no longer a thing. And no one else has this deal with the Mandalorians to cr to craft it for them, then it doesn't mean uh -huh. anything to anyone but the Mandalorians. I understand what you're saying, yeah. So I mean, it's I'm literally sure. only currency. It's only value as currency is to a Mandalorian. Yeah, I can exactly see where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Or anybody who wants to, you know, barter with the Mandalorian. I mean, if I knew that, if I had no use for Beskar, but I knew if I wanted to employ Mandalorian, I'd buy it cheap and sell it expensive just like that guy probably just did exactly. he probably, like he has a whole butt ton of it that he's gonna pay this guy 
some more T visors. Yeah, it's good old Mandos. So, is this like just an enclave of Mandalorians? Maybe. I, I know that they... Oh, that's a mythosaur, dude. That mythosaur on that wall, that particular one, it looks like it's crafted out of Veskar. Maybe. I didn't even notice that before. Would they yeah. waste it on that? I don't or know. Or would it a be good considered as wasted? Maybe it's really old. Back in the day when they it was plenty, you know? When it was oh. a plenty and they made it and they just had it. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the different colors. What does gold mean? Our helm is gold. I don't have them all memorized. Let's see here. And the spikes, is that a crown? So uh I don't know if they if it went that deep into this into like the, the show, if they actually went into it, but being a smith in in a Mandalorian culture or in a clan was regarded as you know high status. Because like I said, it's like an art. They have to you have to it, you just have to know so much about Beskar because it's so finicky, like I said, about force resistancy. Right. It's so not gold, just the material, but also the method. Exactly. It's, ex that's exactly, yep. Yeah. So, gold is vengeance. So if you don gold armor, that means you hold. Like, it's a... It's, uh, And they they would paint their armor in traditional colors that represent a specific cause the individual might currently be undertaking. So okay, so she's wearing a gold helmet. So we can only assume that she's, you know, she's got a heart set on vengeance. And we see our main character here is wearing red, and so red means you're honoring a parent. And. As we can see from the flashback here, he's and she just said he just said that he was once a foundling. Yeah. What what exactly is a foundling? So a foundling, if you look up the exact definition of a founding in today's society, it means someone found during war or something like that, like a, a child found during war. Now, to become a Mandalorian, you don't have to be born a Mandalorian. Obviously, being born a Mandalorian, you are one. But anybody can become a Mandalorian if they're adopted as a Mandalorian from a Mandalorian. I mean, it, you know, it's that's a society that they believe if you want to become a part, of, if you want to be a Mandalorian, you can be a Mandalorian. You just got to be able to prove yourself. And if you do, then somebody will adopt you as their son or daughter. And that's in. So they're really a melting pot of like the universe's most badass of the badasses. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's and it you don't have to be a male. You don't have to be you don't have to be a human. You don't have to be a male. You can be a female. You can be a Twi'lek. You can be you can be whatever. You know, as long as you hold the same values close to your heart as they do, being a warrior, 
being a badass, you know, to being all that, you gotta as long as you hold true to their values, you're right. really welcome to join the club. I'm trying to remember the name of those books I read. I got them on my phone. It was Whoa. like four, four books. Oh man! Man, like really, we just we just got finished like putting this guy over as a Mandalorian, an awesome Mandalorian. <laughs> he just gets get... snuck up on by like a three-ton beast. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, what? Yeah, that's just the blurg. It's a blurg. Like, that's a blurg. That's what it's. That's what it's called. Is a blurg. But. I noticed, I mean, you know, earlier they asked him if that was real Beskar. I don't think his gauntlets are Beskar, just because, I don't know, I mean, I should have paid attention before, if his forearm gauntlet was messed up like that before the blur got a hold of him. Right. But, could his armor be just patchwork armor? Yeah, oh yeah, it doesn't have to all be Beskar. And I'm sure yeah. he wouldn't have, like, his... His uh, old, you know, shoulder plate might not have been Beskar because he replaced it, you know, with that. Right. And if if it was Beskar, I'm sure he would ask the armorer to melt it down for him and put it somewhere else if that was the case. Or maybe he would have got it right. a completely different piece. So it might not be real Beskar that and he's maybe. wearing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell do I want that thing for? <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah, you're going to ride one. So, like... Female empowerment. Killing the males of the species. So the show is woke <laughs> as fuck. That <laughs> <laughs> is one ugly beast, though, that blur. It's like a two-legged fish with T-Rex arms. Two-legged tadpole. Man, it's a midget Rex. Is that is that is that insensitive? I mean <laughs> I don't I don't mean midget in a derogatory fashion. No, no, I understand what you're saying. It's a smaller version of a T Rex. Yeah, like a yeah. snub nose Rex. Yeah. I wanna take you know, take away from like, that the it's way like the that... British it's like the uh sorry, it's like the, the what is it, the bulldog? The the wrinkly bulldog of, yeah. of dinosaurs. Yeah. 
Well, I wanted the uh, the Blurg rancher here pretty much called the Mandalorian. He's like, he's like, you know, I thought you were Mandalorian. You know, back in the days, back in the historical times, Mandalorians, they were ride these big. If you don't know what Mythosaur is, you need to look it up because it is not your run of the mill riding mount. If you rode a Mythosaur, you are a quote unquote badass. That's why it's there's there as a the Mandalorian race as a whole, that that is their symbol is the Mythosaur school because that is that is like one of the farthest reaching traditions back in the day. It's basically a dragon. Pretty much, yeah. It looks sick. It looks like a death claw from Fallout, if you really want to know. Except, All right. I'm I can see that. So more hardcore. I'd rather fight a death claw than a mythosaur. Looks like a crate dragon. Like a skinnier version of a crate dragon. I have spoken. <laughs> hey, what second are you on? I'm at 2811. We're pretty much on the same, yeah. I like how much this guy, I guess he's never met a Mandalorian, but obviously knows enough about their culture that they rode mythosaurs and that they're obviously uh, worthy warriors. If he says everybody who came to do this before has died, but if, this, if what I've read is true, they'll just make quick work of this. So he's always got high hopes in this guy. That's it. You know, it's like the his reputation precedes him. Yeah, even though that's not even his personal reputation. No, that's it's just his reputation as a Mandalorian. Yeah, it's and like people just know that he's a Mandalorian because of the T visor helmet. Yep, exactly. And people would assume. I mean, you can never, you know, any. You can obviously kill somebody, take their weapon, just like you kill a Jedi and take a lightsaber. It doesn't make you a Jedi, but. For the most part, it's true. You see someone with the T visor, probably Mandalorian. You see somebody with a lightsaber, they're probably a Jedi or some kind of other Force user. This droid, this, this is the John Wick of droids. <laughs> so it would seem. <laughs> and you know, we've had experience with these droids before during uh, the Clone Wars um, animated yeah. series. Oh, yeah. Oh. Anakin and Ahsoka both have ran into these guys a couple of times. They're hardcore, man. <laughs> oh. He said, ow.
<laughs> alert alert so like is his armor just in by default better because he sh like you, your boy shot him square in the chest plate and like he's shooting these people in the chest plate and they're just dying well, they're not really they're not wearing like real they were in like um, leather armor, cloth yeah, armor. It's, yeah, yeah, it's something along those lines. Not nearly as durable as whatever the Mandalorian's wearing, first of all, and, or of course what the droid is made out of. Those assassin right. droids are co almost completely enclosed, just for that reason. They get shot, and they don't, you know, they got nothing exposed. Right. Man, this three sixty view. Look at this guy just putting I mean, bolts down range. <laughs> shot the guy on the roof like that's they did very well with this oh yeah because it almost looks like it's not cgi it's it feel, really it feels well, like an original star wars this guy <laughs> self-destruct sequence i'm sure everybody has seen these memes for this it's hilarious oh man i was waiting to bring up the memes the memes are great they really are so many memes for this for for the self destruct sequence. <laughs> I I feel like too many people in the Star Wars universe know how to hot wire doors. Well, I mean, it's really well pr probably for Mandalorians. It's you know, common knowledge, especially a bounty hunter. Um, and then if you think back to who else is hardwired a door, uh, Luke Skywalker, I really don't know why he would know if he probably because his work as a moisture farmer with his uncle, probably working on the moisturizers. That's probably how he knows you know, it really good. Come to think of it. It's just really, it's gotta be a simple circuit, you know, telling it to open and close. Yeah. I mean, I work with the access control stuff. Um, with my my security job i'm a security technician and um it's really just a simple circuit saying open and close so if you can figure out what wire goes where in a timely manner you know what wire is for you know you obviously have i mean given the physics in the star wars universe are the same as ours you generally have uh you know a source of power going from the positive side to the negative side i mean the negative side to the positive side because it's there's more like there's more more protons on one side and the electrons can move to it by creating a circuit and by breaking the circuit you can tell the door to close or open depending on how the switch is yeah if it's a normally open or normally close yeah understood but I think what they really have to get past is the locking mechanism for obviously, you know, it's 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 locked probably from the inside by something in order to open it. You probably need a special code or fingerprint or handprint or whatever the heck it is phrase. I think that's probably what they're hot wiring for the most part, not just telling them to open and close. 
Got him. Quick draw. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Han <laughs> didn't shoot first because Greedo didn't even <laughs> shoot at all. <laughs> Greedo didn't have a chance to shoot. He shot. shot. He was missed. So, so this is what I've read. In the original movie, Han shot first. See, then they went back and they edited it to where, you know, Guido, he he shot first. So it, it kind of, you know, made Han Solo not look as scruffy looking. Nerf herder. Right. Yeah. So that's the newer version. You can see the blast, the bolt. Barely oh, misses head. no. Baby Yoda. Like, okay, your emotions when seeing this scene for the first time. What a cute little thing. I immediately thought of uh, Yaddle in episode one, if you must know. She was the only other. Yeah, the female version of Yoda. The only other whatever race Yoda is, because we still don't know to this day. The only other one we've seen besides Yoda, which is Yaddle. Dave Filoni, right there. Yeah, the big name, John Favreau. John Favreau. Like, Jesus Christ, these... In all honesty, like, it was more satisfying for me to see Dave Filoni's name pop up than it was to see the E.T. phone home moment between the Mandalorian and the, the Yoda... Uh, offspring? Yeah, I don't. There's no name for it. Oh, and in, in case you guys are wondering, no, we haven't watched the second episode yet, just because we wanted to get the first episode up and going. We didn't want our our we didn't want our thoughts tainted. We didn't want any kind of bias. So, no, we have That's not it. seen the second one yet. Right now, we are um. We're coming up on the release of the third episode. So yeah. <laughs> what I'm basically we're just gonna we're gonna put this up as soon as we can and we're gonna catch up. Yeah, we're gonna have to one like pump them out real quick. Cause now now that we've done this and hopefully we have no more technical difficulties, my wife and I we can boot up that second episode because she actually enjoyed it. She's not nearly as big of a Star Wars fan as me. She just liked the name Merge and all that, but uh she actually enjoys a Mandalorian, so I'm really excited to continue watching your, it with her. Your other child, Rin? Yeah. No, no relation. No okay. um Okay. Kylo Ren. So, no. That's so uh that was We're expecting we're expecting a child any day now. And if it's a girl, she's gonna be Ivy. So I will have two up on you. Oh man. <laughs> Now, you know, um, jog my memory. I'm not a huge Batman fan. I don't want to upset anybody. I'm just not, just because I just didn't really have any a whole lot of opportunity to get to know the Batman. But uh, Ivy, who who is that? Poison Ivy. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. She was in that movie with that that Frozen guy. The oh Jesus Christ! You went there. You went straight to Batman Forever. Oh God. <laughs> it hurts. 
Is that what people do when they're like, oh, I like the prequels better? Than is that is that is that what that is? Is that the equivalent to it? Like I said, I'm not Batman savvy, man. Oh, it is. Oh, that's like the campy, campy verse of <laughs> like Batman. Saying. You know what, though? I will say this. I will say this. Just like the prequels were for the generation at, you know, that were children at the time of episode one, that campy Batman Forever movie was... It was our Batman. We had Batman. The 80s version of the Batman, you know... The original Batman and then Batman Returns. That was for the people in like Kevin Smith's generation, right? He was a young adult at that time. Um, and like whenever we got to be old enough to like the Batman movies, it was Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Which is where things weren't really, really campy you know, before we were brought back to the original, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy. But anyways, I like yeah, the prequels. I like the prequels. I will sit here and say that I think the prequels hold up to the rest of the story. I think they're definitely viable. They are um, needed to understand what went down. If you're not a reader or whatnot, not saying if you are a reader, I still enjoy the prequels too. They definitely have their place. I would not put them down. The only one that I just, I have a, like the one I don't like, the one I, I like the least is probably the Phantom Menace just because it was so campy. Yeah. It's so CGI. Oh, okay. Uh, it's yeah. I got like you. watching Jar Jar in the Phantom Menace was like getting dizzy just at how much he was like always. Like, you know, a movie, not Jar Jar movies. He's like, whoa, whoa. yeah, he's like a drunken master without the master. <laughs> exactly. Or the drunken. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, the Mandalorian. Where? Where do you think they're going to go, man? I don't know. Obviously, it's. I. So. I know we've talked about it before. He's obviously a really good bounty hunter. Obviously. You saw how many pucks he, uh, or how many uh, transponders he brought back in when he was meeting with the guild master and he was like, give me all the pucks, blah, blah, blah. But why can't he, is it just because he it's a be. baby? Is that why he can't bring himself to kill it? Or does he know, does he know what, you, like that, what that offspring is and what it could mean? Right. Because, you know, if you think about it at this point, the only people that really know about Yoda are like Luke Skywalker. And that's it. <laughs> and like and like rem maybe maybe if remnants from the Clone Wars are yeah. still around, you know? I mean Chewie. Chewie Chewie met Yoda. Chewie, yeah. Chewie, Chewie and his father met Yoda, so they know who Yoda is. Almost all Wookiees would probably know that we're alive during the Clone Wars. So nobody nobody really knows what Yoda was to begin with. And then if right. you didn't know Yoda, you wouldn't know what you're looking at. You wouldn't Other than know. it was Yoda. Like you, you, when you see him, you don't think of... Not like only see, that. If you see Chewie, you think Wookiee. You know, you, you, see, you see another important person, you think Twi'lek, you think 
you know, clone, blah, blah, blah. You see Yoda and you only see Yoda. You're like, who's that? That's Yoda. What is he, though? He's, he's Yoda. I don't know what to tell you. He's, you know, Jedi Master Yoda. The Jedi Master Yoda. So either this guy knows what that is. Oh, you think he knows about the race? Like what race? Or the potential? What he or can he, maybe he just, he's trying to bring it back alive at this point. Maybe. Maybe because somebody because the the one dude was like you know bring it back alive. No 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 he said dead he said exterminate it. Yeah but he did, said one guy was like please bring it back alive and the other guy said no bring it back whatever just bring it back. Oh I, the doctor I, dude wanted him to bring it back alive. Oh you're talking about oh the doctor Pershing kid that walked out from the side and almost got his head yeah. blasted off. Yeah, so maybe he he kind of relates to that little young doctor dude because he's a young Mandalorian bounty hunter dude, and he's like, "All right, I might you know I'm gonna help this dude out, bring it back alive." After all, it is a child. Maybe, yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely is a a youngling of that species, but it's fifty years old. Exactly. So was it alive in that pod for fifty years, or was it like somebody kidnapped that thing and and didn't even know what it was or stole it or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is number one? Why is it fifty years old and still tiny? Number two, it what is that pod? Is that a baby carriage? Is it a you know some sort of uh, stasis egg? Hmm. You know, yeah, maybe I'm thinking. Those those are Nitos that the that had it in its possession. I don't know what they were doing because they're they're pirates, piratey people. Maybe they came across a ship that had it and they took it, thinking well, you know, like what you said, like they didn't know what it was until after the fact. They're so like, this oh, this thing, looks cool. This thing could have parents somewhere. That's not Yoda. Maybe or maybe that, his parents is got Yoda. Murdered. That just got murdered when pirates took their ship and the pirates didn't even know it was in that thing, but they guarded it with their lives, so it must have been valuable. What if it's got nothing to do with the main story, except that it's one of those race? <laughs> well, that's true. It could just be the Yoda race and the Mandalorians on its own, you know, like it's own little, it's a own little agenda. I mean... I think that the idea of Star Wars telling stories that's not part of the, you know, uh, ethos that is the Skywalker saga, quote unquote, is probably going to be the most refreshing thing there is. Oh, you're saying because at least for the first six, it was always about. Well, you know, Anakin and then Luke, both Skywalkers. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And even the, even through their press releases, they're saying that you know, with this, the last, Je- with with this, the Je- um, Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's going to close the book on the Skywalker saga. So the next trilogy is not going to be about any of the Skywalkers, or possibly even this time. It could be the, you know, in the time of the Old Republic. Um, right. Okay. So, why you know we're sitting here and we're like, oh man, Yoda's son. It's got you know the only two. It's the only two you ever see. 
But yeah. that doesn't Yoda mean that's the only two. That's the only two that exist. So our right. minds automatically go to that's Yoda and Yaddle's kid. But maybe that's the twist. Maybe that's the twist in all of it. You know, not necessarily a f you guys, but it's a surprise. It had nothing to do with Yoda or Yo or Yaddle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening easily. Just because, like you said, I mean, it, Yoda and Yaddle are the only so two we hard. saw, but exactly. The only two we ever saw, but again, how many people were we actually around during the whole, all the movies compared to how many people were in the universe? There, there's probably a whole planet out out there somewhere, like just where nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> right. But if you think about it, so, so Yoda died at 900 years old. He didn't die. He became one with the well, force. You're right. You're right. There is no death. There is a force. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Shame on me for even saying something so. How absurd. dare you? <laughs> you just. But he he um became one with the force four years after episode four. Four years. ABY. And after the Battle of Yavin. And then he, the uh, Luke was born 19 years BBY, so 19 years before episode 4. 19 plus 4 is 23. So he became one of the force on Luke. It was like 23 or 24. We don't know the exact month or whatever, but that is nothing. So that like he those 23 years weren't kind to him if this baby is 50 years old. You know what I mean? Like How much does that baby matured from its birth to that you know what i mean right and then you know 900 years yeah <laughs> man that's that kind of blows me away now think about it because it makes you wonder about his childhood his childhood what it was like being a force sensitive now i don't know if his whole race is force sensitive because there are races that are naturally force sensitive of course you know some stronger than others within the race but almost there are some species or races that are just naturally um attuned to yeah exactly more attuned to the force than than other races my brain hurts because now that i'm thinking about it oh man we see how how old was anakin skywalker when he turned into darth vader Okay, so if he was, he was what, like, well, let me just Google it, I guess, but I was just trying to do the math. I think he was like 12 when he met Padme. Let's see, right, let's just look at it. He was 22 years old when he turned to the dark side and became Darth Vader. Yeah. He That's might have been 23. Most likely. So now you're saying that um luke was 22 around 24 what, 24 when 23 or 24 yeah so this offspring was alive before vader oh, was wow. even born right you know you say that you do the math that's true 
But okay, so if it's post empire, we don't know how far post empire it is. True. But if that we, is true. If we were if we refer to because like if we so episode six, like we said, we've already you know, when whenever Yoda becomes one with the force, Luke's twenty three and Anakin becomes uh Darth Vader, let's just say at twenty three. So they're both twenty three when these major things happen. So it's forty six. So yeah, like if you if you're going from that time but we don't know how much farther it is, you know, how much or, or what the exact ABY is. Because it could be 20 years after that and he's 50 years old and it, technically what we're saying wouldn't be true. So It's set after the fall of the Empire and but before the emergence of the First Order. Yeah. That's what, that's what it seems anyway. So... Let's look at this handy dandy timeline. So it says the Mandalorian is right after, not right. So Empire Strikes Back and Return of Jedi are right after one another. This does not have any dates. I want AB. I want AB. I want BBYs and ABYs. I need that in my life. First Order Rose. Hmm. For ABY. No, after the Galactic Empire was defeated in Return of the Jedi at the climatic Battle of Endor in 4 ABY. So the Battle of Endor was in 4 ABY. Right. Um, one year after Endor, the remaining Imperial fleet made a final massive attempt at a counteroffensive, which came to a climax at the planet of Jakku. The biggest battle in the war since Endor. The Imperial counteroffensive was decisively defeated. The remaining Imperial forces were pushed back to a handful of sectors on the fringe of the Outer Rim, containing only a small fraction of the galaxy's population and industrial base. These sectors were a heavily fortified final redoubt of the New Republic, and the New Republic deemed that they posed too small a threat to justify the high cost and life that liberating them would require. The New, Port New Republic forced the Empire to settle for the Galactic Concordance, a humiliating, a humiliating armistice agreement which imposed strict disarmament plans and punishing reparations on the remaining Imperials. Okay, this is getting there's too much. I just want to see a year. <laughs> I need an ABO. Oh my goodness, what is this? No, this doesn't help. Well, regardless, he's 50 years old. He's still a baby at 50, so... I, I don't know what, what's he gonna point. do. That's the main point to take away is that he's still a baby at fifty. Yeah, and that's I just want to know what's going through a man in one's head right now. Does he hold? Does he have a high? I don't know. He also seems to be really immersed in the Mandalorian ways more than a bounty hunter. So if he would, if he had to choose, he would obviously choose his Mandoa brothers. But why didn't he kill? Hey, man. He, he, has to, he has to know something. Either either he's got some sort of conscience and doesn't want to kill a baby, or he knows what and who that thing is. You want to go with an outro, or you want to keep the outro from last time? Let's go for a new outro, buddy. This, hmm. this is it. This is Two Drunken Jawas. <laughs>